Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. Hello, Charles. Hello. Um, I'm speaking to you on uh, World Book Day today. We're talking about The Little Prince, and it's World Book Day. Oh, my God. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. That's perfect. Thank yeah. you. So World it's like, Book Day is huge. <laughs> good timing, yeah. yeah so, perfect timing. Yeah, it looks like we, I set it up on purpose, but it was <laughs> the, the way it did. So can you introduce yourself? You do a couple of different things on your business card. So yes, yes. Uh, introduce yourself and uh, what your Little Prince documentary is about. Yes, my name is Charles Officer. I'm a Toronto-based filmmaker, writer, producer. Um, I work, you know, from fiction films to documentary to, you know, episodic television. Um, I'd like to uh, explore the different facets of storytelling cinematically. Mm-hmm. Currently, we have uh, a feature documentary, uh, Invisible Essence, The Little Prince, that's starting its Canadian theatrical release tomorrow, March 8th, at uh, uh, Blur Hot Doc Cinema. And then we're going across like cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited on World Book, Book Day to be you know talking about one of the, the most, uh, the most translated book on the planet. Mm-hmm. There's there's always a period of time when somebody says like, and I've seen you in older interviews too. You kind of mentioned that then people ask you your next project, and you're like, I'm working on a Little Prince uh, documentary. So when you tell people well, you're working on a uh, Little Prince documentary yes. in that period of time before that actually comes out, yes. what kind of reactions uh, do people have when you drop? Because that's something you just can't casually drop. Y- exactly. I've been very careful with keeping it. Like there's some people that are, yeah that it's. It's it's a I don't want to say too much, but and then also because you know you're such in that process, and I think my 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 you know the challenge or the conflict that, or the fear around even accepting and, and and going into this place was like the constant thinking of like what am I making and how are you you know making a documentary about a book mm-hmm. like I'm not doing an adaptation where there's going to be actors and things and there's been so much material also has been done and I'm not making a biography and I'm mm-hmm. like want to focus on this book and it was you know I cut it in a minimum because I didn't want to unravel the this sort of uh, layers that I was going to be exploring um, now that it's done <laughs> I, yeah. I feel much better like going deeper into it but at the time it was yeah I'd be like and, and the reactions were always like really the little prince like how the heck does did you are you like yeah what's that Mm -hmm. and then that became more of the more of the conversation of you know how did this even happen how does a guy from canada and like being part of you know a black guy from toronto yeah going to making a documentary film about one this book that's written by this french author and like so from the late 40s or early 40s too. Like, Absolutely. It's like, like 75 so it's, years, yeah. you know, since it was published, uh, coming to 76 years. And it's it's like, um, and the fact that, you know, this book and is, is you know, the exploration or this idea of what makes something timeless or classic. And and uh, I think as a creator, I think that's kind of what we're, we, most of us strive for mm-hmm. is making something that's going to stand the test of time. And, and here's this amazing example. Um, so that's a, was a, a big fear, but also like a great, uh, inspiration for ch- as a challenge. Like, how do I actually approach this? So, 
So you touched upon a couple of things, uh, but I wanted to know a little bit more in terms of like why Little Prince and not like Dr. Zeus or um, A Wrinkle in Time or right, um, right. like any, like we've had and Chronicles of Narnia. There's a lot yes. of children's books over there the years are. that yes. have had a huge impact. And But why Little Prince then? Like you said, like I'm this black guy from Canada. How, like why Little Prince? You know, a great question. I think for myself and my connection to it, it was the first time I read it. It was when I was at OCAD at art school. And, and I had not even, making film was not even close to my, my, my radar, but I mm-hmm. loved illustration. I loved childlike images. I, I love sci-fi. I love magic realism. And here's this book that I didn't completely understand when I first read it. There were parts that totally resonated with me, but now as I've, you know, it kind of has grown on me as, as uh, I've gotten older. It's deceptive. Like when I say children's book, it's kind of deceptive. It's disguised as a children's book because yeah. I feel it's almost like a pan's labyrinth, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like it's, it has that quality where there are some very adult themes and, mm-hmm. and ideas in there, but it's like disguised in the sort of way that it was presented. And uh, some of the books you've mentioned from Narnia, I mean, that was one of my, my most favorite books and that was part of the inspiration Nurse Fighter Boy of the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I used to do that as a kid because <laughs> yes. of that book and I used to hang out in the wardrobe. My mom's wardrobe and I was imagine there was a back sort of you know some sort of like portal to somewhere else I never found it but oh that's disappointing your mom's got a terrible wardrobe I know right she didn't have the real one (laughs) but um but when I when that the thing that I think set Le Petit Prince apart for me than those other books again was it's it's tight. It's this novella. And and again, like, not that those other books don't touch on magical realism, but again, it's like it's it's going to this sort of space of transcendence, like actually the character and uh, these sort of non-judgmental experiences that you that, that this character goes through. And and as you're looking at it deeper, it's like, you know, the aviator is never on like shown mm-hmm. like the, so it's that perspective. It's um that I felt like, oh my God, like this is a singular sort of piece where the person reading it can really put their perspective into this and have this relationship with this character rather than reading about a character having all these relationships with other things. I mean, it happens, but I thought there was something special about that. And sometimes the personal can become universal. I think, I think it does. And I think uh, we hear that sometimes. I've been trying to stress this as well. Like being more specific is more universal. But the, 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 the thing that set it apart for me was that there are things I've heard about these authors from Travers to like all these other people, whatever, that these famous authors, I didn't know much about St. Exupery. Mm-hmm. And so my fascination was, okay, what was this, this creator, this artist's experiences and how did that feed into his, this piece of art? And then that's when I started to like, oh my goodness, this is why I feel like this book uh, the 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 real deciding click for me was he wrote in a time of war, and looking at our time and uh, when I first started the project and the changeover from Obama was coming to the end of his term, you know Stephen Harper was coming to the end of his term. So there was this kind of crossover turning where we're getting Justin Trudeau and we had no idea. And I was warning people from when you know Trump, like mm-hmm. if we don't take this seriously, shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought like what better time to explore this book because its messages, you know, than now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I noticed that there's a lot of parallels uh, between you as a documentary filmmaker and what the Little Prince does in the story. <laughs> you go around and you observe culture, right? Because like yes. for this documentary, you talk to a ballet dancer, a poet, 
uh, director, a writer, and like lots of different creative people. Yes. Uh, so did interacting with all these different cultural creators, did it impact your creativity or shape your creativity in any way? Absolutely. I think it was uh, amazing from Mark Osborne to Guillaume Cote, Rupi Carr, um, you know, amazing biographers, Ellen Vercondelet, Stacey Schiff, Adam Gopnik. Like mm. there's some amazing thinkers and, and people who putting things out in the world with a lot of feeling yeah <laughs> you know they feel things they see they observe and and i felt like you know this with our minuscule budget it was very critical for us to get around the world specific places actually were actually saint exuberi touched as well mm-hmm. like you know france new york morocco like the, the saharan the saharan desert like there were very long island like there's specific places quebec you yeah. know um each individual had such a profound effect and I feel like that was the honor of, of spending time with, with each and every one of them that the whole idea even around, you know, Sahil, this young boy and this braille version of uh, Le Petit Prince that he's, he's feeling through because he's blind is that it wasn't until I was in New York, I, was, I had this idea and I'm talking to Mark Osborne, I'm like, because I'd be asking everybody about vision and sight and would this, how would this world, how would we be in this world if we couldn't see, would it be less sex, sexism, would there be less racism, less violence? How do we operate if these things that we rely upon so much, our eyes, mm-hmm. if we didn't have them? Like we'd be relying on different things. Right. Would we be calling you know, people certain names? How do we be operating? And I told him that I found this this uh, seven year old blind boy that's going to be my contemporary little prince. And he like stopped us. He stopped me in the middle of the the conversation while we're rolling camera. He goes, "I'll be right back." And he goes to his basement. He comes back with this box and unfolds and shows us this limited edition of this of this uh, Braille version that Claude wow. Guerron, this incredible artist who is blind from mm-hmm. France, has created. And he says, you have to give this to this little boy. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I was like, okay, I only wanted him to be, you know, reading Braille of some, like, version of it. Yeah. So that was a massive influence. It became a part of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we see that book and that tactile thing, and it was out of that conversation. I think getting a sense of it's not in the film too, too much, but we talked a lot about those artists' process and how it relates to, and their inspiration from Sintek Subari's work. Rupi Carr, this incredible poet and illustrator, and how how succinct she can be with like you know a line mm-hmm. and and the emotion that she gives off and, and I very like sensual too very sensual and and I feel like okay this is this is my connection you know I was lucky that I also I mean I reach out to people that inspire me mm-hmm. you know who I really respect and and uh, and so they all you know having one film where I can connect them all to this one piece was was like. It was kind of magical. You mentioned Sahil, the uh, blind boy. You actually have a number of children in the documentary who have learning disabilities. Yes. He, Sahil is obviously blind, as you mentioned, right? Why did you choose to document their reactions uh, to the little prince? I thought it was very important because we, you know, there are certain books and things in, in certain curriculums around the world. And, and I felt like, yeah, this book is is in my opinion should be and and I and I really wanted to get a sense of youth and young folks from you know the Bronx to uh, uh, Moroccan students in in Tarfaya like young ki- like you know to this young boy to Sahil because there is a message about childhood and grown-ups mm-hmm. and and I wanted to show that sort of perspective of of this is we all come through this rite of passage whether we're 
able-bodied, disabled, whatever, learned, whatever it is, we've all got to cross a threshold to some degree. And, um, and it was important for me to actually give that representation and culturally as well. Like, you know, black kids reading The Little Prince. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think culturally for myself, it wasn't so close to me. It was someone else that kind of mentioned to me outside about The Little Prince in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like in our cultural sort of, you know, yeah. uh, um, canon. So I want to expose that to others that I, I also felt like. The school in, in also in the Bronx where where all these children have learning disabilities, majority of them it's visual, but uh, some are hearing some like there's all kinds of things. But can they feel this story? Because I feel like this this uh, the Prince is 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 wrapped around feeling, mm-hmm. which is I think what I love for the youth and young folks to actually learn more about and and be able to identify how they're feeling start to build that relationship and conversation around their feelings early on mm-hmm. and what a better way to go through that than than this book well and it's it feeds into the opening scene which is and you just mentioned this too with the question of like this idea of being visual and the narrative that we feed in what's our with our eyes and a lot of kids like just seeing like the the brown kid at the beginning so here like you don't see like a lot of you don't see a lot of blind kids period no, right? You don't. And then to see a brown kid, like I think he's Pakistani. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, so you don't see that at all, like no. the the disabled. Like we've kind of also, it's kind of a commentary in our society where, like, yes. I don't know where handicapped people hang out or go. Or right. I'm assuming there's a club somewhere. Right. <laughs> and, when the, and that's why I love that first scene. It's like the, the he's talking about the Braille Club. Mm-hmm. The Cool the, Kids Club. The Cool I think Kids he Club. He wants yeah. to call it. Right? I was like, oh, can I join? That sounded right. actually kind of right. fun. It'll be very cool. But but it is. I mean, there's a whole culture there that, again, in our able-bodied kind of quote-unquote society, that there are there's all there's all kinds of people out here mm-hmm. that are uh, have thoughts and dreams and need to function in the world, and it's almost like, yeah, like where are they? We don't rep. We talk about representation right now so much, and there's mandates and things coming out with gender parity and diversity and stuff, mm-hmm. and we're leaving out a whole body of our human existence. Mm-hmm that are judged, that are treated differently, that have like, you know, you know, multiple, multiple struggles compared to what you and I have. Yeah. And, and, and so I was, I, I very much want to look at that, that sort of layer of our humanity of like who we exclude and exclude because this child is visually impaired. There's these ideas of like more focus on, 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 on their disability rather than their abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so able, and they have so much to offer, but we, because we're able volume and whatever, like, focus on, like, like the, the disablement. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, that's just one thing. Like, is, is a physical disablement, like, comparable to, you know, someone who's, like, a complete jerk and has no soul? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a disablement. Yeah. You know? Um, someone who's, like, treats humans, like, in, in a certain way. When you're seeing this kid who also navigates the world by feeling and and is open and is like curious and more exciting to actually be around than 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 quote unquote able body. Yeah, I think part of it too it it actually feeds into the themes of the little prince because 
a lot of times when you hang out with somebody who's blind or deaf or whatever, it makes pe- a lot of people feel uncomfortable because exactly. they don't know how to like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the dumb thing people do when somebody's blind and they start raising their voice. Right. <laughs> they start raising their voice. Exactly. And right? I'm like, yeah. you're an idiot. They're blind. They're, They're like, blind. they can they, hear. They can like, hear. Right? Like, it's like, it's this thing. Or, yeah, exactly. What we assume is a way that, you know, and, and it's amazing. And, and again, it is trying to find comfort with humanity like mm-hmm. and i think that that's what divides us it's like you know a, a religion or this a man-made idea of what that is and if we get past that and that core of it it's still come down to hu- the human existence and the human experience and what you know this thing that beats inside of our chests mm-hmm. and um but but we get so uncomfortable you know, because the, there hasn't been inclusion. Yeah. There ha- we've been, okay, this person is like this. They're in a wheelchair or this. It means that they can't do these certain things. It's like, no, man. It doesn't take away their soul. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away their brain. It's like they, they're they active. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's blind, completely blind. He's got the stick and the whole jazz. Yes. Uh, and he recently went to Chicago. And when he came back, I ran into him. And I said, yo, how was Chicago? And I'm like, did you get to do, do any sightseeing and I kind of winced because it's like yes right I don't know what's the other word for sightseeing I couldn't right? I couldn't think of it for a second and uh he laughed at me because he, <laughs> he couldn't hurt my little uncomfortable right. and he goes yeah Chicago is really nice they have really smooth sidewalks <laughs> that's exactly what I almost talked about there are situations where I was ta- you know had I love the sunset and when mm-hmm. I would be asking young Sahil while we're sitting out there how it made I had a whole thing of how it made him feel but I just felt like you know mm-hmm. beautiful stuff but you have to make choices in the film yeah but he was talking about the feeling the, the sunlight on his skin and these sort of things and like as a child like talking about these things and what he hears and his senses it's like it's a cute Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing. Again, we're not taught. We're walking on the sidewalk. We take that for granted. Right. We're just walking. You know, we like, or we're driving a car with too many holes in the road, and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a argument of mm-hmm. like you know taxes taxes and, and things. But they're feeling through everything, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's amazing. And I've always been fascinated as you know most creative folks that I hang around with. I mean, filmmakers, whatever. It's they rely on their eyes. Mm-hmm. Without it, they. They don't exist in a way, you know, and that's why it was also important that there's this artist Claude who is blind, who doesn't even like to cons- call himself blind artist. Yeah. Not a blind. I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and his artwork is phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. I've always been fascinated with the sighted and the and 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 non-sighted and visual impairment and and I mean I work in a visual medium and mm-hmm. so giving them space and representation was was absolutely key for me. So you you, talk, you just touch upon creative folks. I didn't know anything about the writer for the yeah. Little Prince, right? Like I just always kind of read the book, and then right. it never occurred to me that like <laughs> somebody wrote. I guess it just showed up one exactly, day exactly right? in our culture. That's how I felt. <laughs> uh, so can you kind of give us? I know there's a it's a massive story, but can yes. you just give a little snapshot of yeah. uh, the type of life? Uh, that seems to be uh, kind of like lived and uh, who yes. he was a little bit. I know that's a big question. No, it isn't. It is, it is a big question, but I'll give the sort of Cole's notes of it. I mean, he was born in France and uh, and he was this incredible individual where he, you know, was the height of aviation in, in the late 30s into the 40s. And, and but he was all this author a writer so there's something very unique about a human being who can operate technically and Mm -hmm. also be creative and express the world and 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 see things in a way and um you know it was i didn't know much about this the the writer as well like Mm. it's amazing how the book is on the tip of everyone's tongues and and heard about so much and i never thought to like 
much about the author, which yeah. is crazy. And I see, and then the whole time I'm working, I'm like looking at the images. I'm like, this is the guy that wrote this. This is an, yeah. this is the image of an artist back. Then. Yeah, like, this is like, it's not even in my. I'm like, this is a. He was like flying planes. And flying stuff. planes. He's very tall. He's kind of like you know. You know, he's not like this Parisian sort of guy who's like with the, you know, the the, the hat and yeah. sort of thing, this idea that you have. But because um, even when you look at somebody like Stephen King now, right. like he's a popular writer, he's just like a dude in Maine. And I'm like, right. he's kind of boring. It's he's not boring. Like, it's just like you don't want to hang out with him. No. But this dude was like <laughs> flying planes in the war and like doing all kinds of ruckus. And it, I'm like, like brave, like and out there mm-hmm. and involved and participating. And that's why I love the word when he's uh, he's participating mm-hmm. in the world. Like he's he's by his writing, by his aviation, by recognizance missions that he's flying, and uh, refusing to like just sit back and and like get involved. And you know his relationship with uh, Consuelo, his wife, and how that fed into the re- the story of the rose. There were all these connections that I was making. Him crashing numerous times mm-hmm. and near death experiences in the desert. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this amount of time that he spent as sort of this representation of French colonialists in a way, it spent so much time in in, in Morocco and Arabs and Muslims and and was like really like integrating like mm-hmm. kind of and learning yeah. and putting himself there, which is what I think people don't do. Mm-hmm. They have these opinions about places that they've never even freaking been before. Yeah, and boy, do they have opinions about yes. it, right? And it's like, okay, well, have you ever spoken to someone? Have you ever dealt? Have you Crossed that threshold, and um, and I and I and, and I found those connections and very fascinating. He was experienced death at a young age, you know. So he lost uh, uh, his father and his br- and his brother. He was very close to, and I think that that as well. Like some children, you know, have some of us have these experiences at a young age that that are that force us to to deal with some things that are quote unquote grown up things mm-hmm. or whatever early on, and. Uh, and again, I think he felt so much and uh, and was sensitive to the world or, uh, and what was happening. And, and, and I feel like those are the kind of artists that I feel like they found in a time of depression, in a time of like what's going on in the world. And they found some way to, to tell, document that time that is kind of timeless and a reminder, but still find some sort of hope in, in it, you know. And so... And the magic of like aviation at the time, and being in the above the world, and looking down, and the and and the the perspective you get, uh, I think it changes the way you feel about the planet. Mm-hmm. And not many of us have that experience. We're all amazed when we're on a plane. You see, all so many friends like posting, like you know, from out the window. Of, like, yeah. Like we get these sort of this view, and we get to maybe connect with how small we are in this grand scheme of things, and what's important, like this environment, like this, like we have climate change deniers right now are you kidding me mm-hmm. like are you kidding me like you know so so w- what are we seeing <laughs> yeah and then what are we calling and and he would see things and 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 he's saying it mm-hmm. and i think that we can do that a lot more picking up on that thread then uh the book was published after he died shortly yes. after he died yes. so from the people that you talked to and you talked to some of his family members and things like that um other historians and people like that was there any sense of like how he would have like because the fact that this book came out and it's been just such a monster influence for 75 years yeah would he have expected this would he have been proud would he have been shy would he have been embarrassed how do you get the sense of you know what I, the, the sense that i got is that uh 
that he never would have expected it to yeah. be this popular. Mm-hmm. You know, when it did, when it first came out, it wasn't very popular. People didn't know how to take it, and it was like it was confusing. And there was a sort of like, um, uh, you know, this sort of magic around it also, or this this thing around it because the author had just passed too, mm-hmm. and then so so it was like, what is this piece of work? You know, and and uh, I I think that there is. Cause he was a claimed author. Mm-hmm. Like he's written Winston and Star, amazing like novels before mm-hmm. this. Yeah, and um, but everyone can name the Petit Prince. Only the Darhards will know all his other novels. Mm-hmm. But like he couldn't, he, he, he couldn't. You know, he was in a place where it was like writing creativity was 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 a challenge to feel the whole inspiration to do that stuff. And I think that, again, it's like it's amazing when we think about artists sitting around for inspiration. We don't sit around for inspiration. You And look what Anthony Quinn would always say this. you got to work at it because there are days that you don't feel inspired. Yeah. You're not going to sit around and wait for something to touch you. It's not a bus stop. Exactly. And uh, and, and, and you got to be seeking and, and in it. And um, and he pushed through. The amazing these drawings and, and the drafts. And there was this one thing that uh, Christine Nelson, who's a curator at the Morgan Museum Library, that gave me that I wanted to put in the film, but I didn't want to dilute the, the, the most famous line of what is essential, is invisible to the eye. Mm-hmm. But she handed me a list of all the variations before he got to that line. Oh, wow. See, what people don't take for granted is like writers write drafts mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to get to the final. Mm-hmm. There's an editor. Like, there's so much work involved. And... Uh, to read some of these lines are amazing but i was like okay i don't want to dilute like this 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 one main line it's kind of a cool thing to talk about after but but that's the kind of investigating he was doing on just a line Mm -hmm. 25 versions of one line yeah you know but it signifies that he knew that he was onto something though absolutely like you don't work that hard like if you're just cranking something out or the money or whatever you you don't do 25 no you don't you do one or two and it's like you check the spelling and and you and you send it off and you let it go he was seeking something he was digging for something he was mm-hmm. trying to find the right thing and and i and i and i think i'm glad he did that work mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the lessons in your from the people in your doc uh they feel like really timely so how do you think that ideas expressed in story appear to have more power rather than what we kind of tend to do now which is like hashtags and editorials and like very blunt like you know i mean you talked about climate deniers these kind of things like those are kind of like how things are those ideas are getting spread now but this is a powerful story yes. and an allegory and so people could take things out of it yes yes how do you find that's more powerful necessarily than like like i said like hashtags or editorials great question because it's like it's also how i feel it connects to like how synthetic super disguises these issues and these stories like through this sort of childlike presentation i think allegories and 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 uh thematic ideas and and reflective sort of scenarios and and shaping a narrative that that can speak to that i think it also allows a space for that individual to not feel like threatened Mm -hmm. or put in the sort of place like even the little prince like he doesn't judge these characters that he goes and meets although they're like what are you talking about you 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 rule like you're the only person on your planet king like Mm -hmm. what is this sort of thing you're you're like you know you own the stars like you want to you (laughs) want to you want to you want to like like own that mm-hmm. like something that belongs to all of us mm-hmm. you know and and so those sort of like you know the little clip in the film where I, I found from the 1974 film where the king is talking about borders and I'm revisiting this stuff through the archive and I'm like that's a massive conversation right now mm-hmm. like like that borders have to exist because I need to be this you know yeah. I borders have to exist for a certain reason but 
for the right reasons, mm -hmm. you know? And it's such a conversation right now that I feel like these sort of uh, allegories or these sort of reminders about these pitfalls that we fall into as, uh, as human beings never go away. Mm -hmm. And we're all going to face them. So I think it's less than the buzz and the hashtag of like telling people mm -hmm. like what's up that you that the beautiful thing about art and creation and is films and 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 novels and and paintings and music is that it can communicate th things to us that is actually that can penetrate a little further mm -hmm. than feeling like attacked or threatened um and story we love stories i don't yeah. care like you know if you're a white supremacist and uh, whatever mm -hmm. like i do care yeah but i'm saying like there's a narrative that 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 everybody can kind of learn something through and i think that that is more the key to actually finding commonality is like if let me tell you this story about this mm -hmm. rather than tell you that you acting this way is like oppressive or whatever yeah. let me give you let me tell you a story we've seen that with <laughs> like when people hashtag like black lives matter and then there's always yes. somebody who does white lives matter mm -hmm. and then it goes back and forth and i'm like White people are obviously in poverty and they're dying as well too, right? So it's not like it's just a, you know what I mean? But I understand the black situation Absolutely. is different. And so you need to bring attention. But what you're talking about is like, let's ignore that stuff and let's focus on the story. And then that can inspire. Because the stories humanize us, mm -hmm. right? Like if there's a human in the center of it and experience, I'm not saying that people don't deny our, oh, you know, someone comes out and, 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 and expresses their, their lived experience and mm -hmm. people are like, you liar. Mm-hmm who the hell are you? You're a racist. Instead, it's like, no, I just actually was talking about what I experienced. Mm -hmm. And why does my life experience offend you so much? Um, why do you take such like, you know, resistance to what I'm telling you? Mm -hmm. Why are you affected that way? Uh, because there are things that you haven't reconciled with mm -hmm. in your own ideology mm -hmm. of what this issue is. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if you take a moment to listen, if we can listen to each other's stories and our experiences, listen to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> listen to them. Take them in. Uh, instead of, like, you know, wanting to cut off and, and create a different ending or a different outcome because you don't want to hear it. It's, uh, I think, stories what connect us. Yeah. It's the it's very much like the aviator when he was fixing the plane and he was annoyed with the little prince. Absolutely. Right? He's like, Look, I'm dealing with a real issue here. I want like you know what I mean? Like black people are doing this or like if you yes. need this help or yes. like whatever it is. Yes. I'm dealing with a real issue here. I don't have time for you. Yes. Right? And the yes. little prince is like just talking about sheep and like little Right. Like, it seems very like you don't understand the gravity of the situation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But it yes. was the aviator wasn't listening. He wasn't listening. And mm -hmm. then once it's like there's something to be learned when we, when we take a moment. Not that everyone has all these profound things to say, but I think I, 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 I use this uh, sort of example of there's a kid at the corner of Young and Dundas on the corner in front of the Eaton Center, and he's spewing out all kinds of philosophical or, or ideas and things. And people will be like, oh, that kid's so cute. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh, you're really smart. Whatever mm -hmm. this that. Or it's like, oh, my gosh. And then you put that person, it's a grown person with a little shabby or clothes saying the same things. And they're like, that person should be institutionalized, mm -hmm. you know. I'm not saying that we don't, <laughs> there's a mental, but you, you get what my point is, mm -hmm. is that, is that our ability to listen and who the message is coming from is is there's so much judgment placed on that that doesn't allow folks to absorb absorb properly and and i and i and i think that in our current time i think i mean current times are current times but not that these issues haven't been going on but i live in this time now and i do want to see that that acknowledged where the space and this idea of of 
actually taking in experiences to a certain way and listening, they've just got to listen to the experience of this little kid who's like, you know, pulling on his leg and saying, Mm -hmm. hey, yo, hey, hey, (laughs) like, actually, maybe things are going to be okay. Like, what about this thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and the wise child, you know, Mm -hmm. the wisdom. Uh, you mentioned the current times. I want to close. I'll get you out on this question. This yes. is a bit of unfair question, so I apologize. <laughs> but uh, you're doing I really well. So I love the setup. Um, <laughs> but like last, like in the last year or two, last couple of years, we've had a real celebration of Mr. Rogers. There was the bio. There was a really problem in the documentary. There's um, a fiction film that's being made right now. Yeah, with, with Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. yeah. Brian J. Jones has a Dr. Zeus biography coming out in May of oh, this year. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, Little Prince, as you said, is turning 75, 76 years old yes. now. What is it? Is this a current trend in our society reflected on the current times where like we're trying to retreat back to childhood, back to curiosity, back to simpler times? Or is this all just a coincidence and these things just that's the way it kind of goes? I think I think I'm not sure if it's good. I think there's an energy between artists where I was just saying that, you know, for every one idea, there's like probably like, you know, at least 20 people minimum around the world that's thinking of a similar idea. I think Dr. Seuss and um Mr. Rogers and this idea of this humanity and and these sort of ideas and these messages that that have been here that we've that we've kind of put aside or like forgotten mm-hmm. um, and that hasn't been that 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 they've been here that I think people are creators are feeling it's important to revisit and put these things out in the world because we need them mm-hmm. like you know when I'm hearing about Mr. Rogers and 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 sort of this idea that the I was just listening to the you know the Vanity Fair director's uh, roundtable where the filmmakers she's talking about the more that she's delved into this this human being of like what kind of human being this person was and that my goodness like that person needs to be celebrated now mm-hmm. because people we need to know that these kind of individuals existed and that it's, and it's okay if we want to be that, mm-hmm. you know, and mother Teresa, same thing, right? Like it's, 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 there's these iconic individuals. And I think we can go there. If we can celebrate Ellis Presley or, you know, you know, Freddie Mercury or these amazing individuals, there's a whole plethora of them out there mm-hmm. that I think represent something. They, they represent a stance and an, an individuality and a philosophy that they stuck by mm-hmm. that actually, was identifying where their souls are at, you know, just stand up for yourself because you're transgendered or you are, you are, uh, you know, Muslim who's like wants to tell these stories or you want to delve into this. It's like, you know, there's a lot of courage in those individuals. There's a lot of courage in those writers. And I think that, you know, you know, the evolution of art forms from cinema to music, it's like there are times in classics where you like, they don't make great songs the way that, you know, they don't make move Like there's something, mm-hmm. you know, about those times that I think that are so Motown, relevant. for example, Motown, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, I think it's important for us to revisit these sort of things. And I wouldn't say it's a trend. I think it's because the times are calling for these stories. So your story uh, in the documentary form is invisible essence. Uh, is going to be playing at the Hot Docs for March. Uh, March 8th to the 14th. And we're just like, I mean, we're launching our, I mean, this is the beginning of our uh, Cross Canada mm-hmm. uh, theatrical release. Where we'll be playing cities across the country. Okay. Where can people find it online or like find more information on the screenings or anything like that? Um, I think it, right now at the at the Blur Hot Docs website, there's there's uh, all the information about our, our Toronto uh, release date. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be information coming out from our distributor, Blue Ice, where on their website, where the, you can get 
our full sense of uh, of mm-hmm. the Canadian run, and so we're coming to a, to a, a city near you. So I, I hope that people essentially, I would love that that you know people look, if they're feeling right now that they can use an, uh, a perspective about you know our hearts and our souls and and um, and how we're functioning on this planet. Come and see this film, and. Uh, because I think it's important to that this film will lead you back to reading the book mm-hmm. and sharing the actual piece of literature. It's uh, literature is so critical and uh, in in our our connection as human beings, and I think it's uh, uh, that's why the film was made. All right, we got to end it there. That's a positive awesome. note. So thank you, thank uh, you, Charles, for taking some time. Thank you for the documentary. You're so welcome. Thank you. And uh, I guess thank you too for the forces that aligned us with the Little Prince and put it into our pop culture. Yes, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, my name is Sam Yunin. This has been another fantastic episode of My Summer Layer. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My pal Sammy. <laughs> <laughs>